like welcome oh, oh, welcome back welcome back uh hello and welcome back to the uh asap weekly pokemon podcast i'm your host robert and i'm joined by matt how's it going matt uh pretty good how about you it's doing it's going well it's going well uh yeah we're we, we've been off for a little bit but i think that's totally fine we i mean i purposely designed this show to be something that uh is not a weekly occurrence. It's something where hopefully, even if you've never listened to us, you can jump in on any episode and enjoy it. Uh, so uh, with that kind of theme, it also means that I, we don't feel so pressed for time to record everything. <laughs> my my secret my secret idea is like, if we can stretch out like two or three weeks more often, you know, that means we're not going to run a contest as quickly. Um. <laughs> I mean, Pokemon's been going on for years. I don't know if we're ever going to run out of content because by the time we like, cover That's how all we actually games. Get... <laughs> there's gonna be another game out <laughs> and 100 percent, like no matter what time period it is if if the game just came out like we're gonna talk about it the week after right so yeah um it'll be uh no i'm sure there'll be a lot to talk about um yeah let's let's get into things we're gonna talk about maybe the generation that i have the most n- nostalgia for right i have like i guess i guess my you know, the most appreciation for, um, and that is Ruby and Sapphire. We'll talk a little bit about Emerald at the end. I think it's worth mentioning maybe uh, at the end, but, um, as all these things, right. Uh, I think our, our main focus here is going to be the, the original games. And then we'll, we'll kind of see how the, uh, Emerald fits into all of it. So, uh, standard, we aren't going to be touching on alpha Sapphire or Omega Ruby. As no. those will, those and other remakes will be getting their own uh, their own episodes. Set. I, and yeah, I, I think I'll, it'll be great going back to those because um, I feel like we'll compare them to the originals, and then we'll decide. Um, like I think I think once we get through those episodes, like at the very end of the show, we'll decide is it ever worth going back to the original version over the remade version. That might be something that we talk. Yeah. About. Um, so I think that'll be pretty cool, but yeah, let's, let's jump into, uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Um, okay. Basic things. I'm just going to try to, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm gonna try to keep this episode a little shorter with the, uh, what's it called? Exposition, shall we say? <laughs> um, so all we really need to know is that the, uh, this is generation three of the Pokemon games and they're set in the Hoenn region, which is a new region. Um, and, uh, just like. Uh, you're able to, uh, you know, not for the first time, but I think maybe for the first time in a new game, uh, choose, you know, your character, whether you're going to be a girl or boy. Uh, and as well, you know what I mean? Like, not a remake. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. You know, first uh, mainline eh. entry that isn't a uh, third quill and uh, gives you the choice of gender. Um it's really like one. It was the first game on the Game Boy Advance. That's uh, true. Which yes, brought it that's a, a big large one. amount of uh, expansion. Uh, this is a much more plot-heavy one than the uh, previous games were, uh, as you square off against either uh, Team Aqua or Team Magma, depending on which version of the game you are playing, and and their uh, evil plans for the world. Yes, well, they either they are. Evil. Yeah, either they're making the world more land or the more water, I believe is... <laughs> yeah, this is Pokemon not... Tackles Eco-Terrorism. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, maybe you should just take over this uh, this exposition role. You seem to be better at it than me right now. Well, um, I, 
I definitely <laughs> remember these games very clearly. Um, this is as well the time I, I do remember. Like, we've mentioned the story before where this was, I think I brought Ruby. I'd say like got a bunch of uh, money for some kind of, you know, occasion or another um, from a whole bunch of relatives. And that's I saved up for Game Boy Advance and Pokemon Ruby. Um, yep. And so that that was I remember you seeing the graphics for the first time. And it was a bit, definitely a big jump in graphics for anyone who had played the previous games. I think, you know, uh, I'll say right off the bat, not saying whether it's the best game in the series or not. I think this is the game that I remember the most fondly. I probably played the most of um, and it was it was technically the first game I owned while not the first game that I played it was the first game that I think I beat or I played for an extensive amount of time so that's something I guess to remember yeah I have uh, very fond memories of this game because I played Crystal when I was still a bit too young to understand how like anything actually worked <laughs> so I kind of bumbled my way through I'm like kudos to the game design for being accessible enough to like uh, a six-year-old to be able to make their way through uh, the entire game without very much issue Uh, but Sapphire was my game and that was when I really started to kind of like understand what was going on a bit I still like power leveled my starter Mm -hmm. but I understood like some moves are better than other moves and like how super effective worked Mm. and such now like this is the this is the game where i really started like getting into pokemon that's kind of funny you mentioned because now when i think back about it uh i i think i must have not understood it well like super effective at all because i think i think this is this is obviously me like trying to guess what you know years and years and years in the past but there's part of me that thinks i probably like thought that like any move could be super effective and any move could be not, you know what I mean? Not, mm. <laughs> not very effective. And it's just like a roll of the dice. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm not trying to like overly toot my own horn here. I, I, I didn't know the exact specifics. I didn't know that super effective meant double damage. I just knew that like, Oh, of course. Hype advantage that. existed now instead of just everything use cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny you mention that because I, I, I honestly have never thought of them in terms of like how much exact damage it has. I don't think I, even to this day, I really I'm just like, oh, let's do the things that are super effective, but not <laughs> n- nothing past that. You know, maybe that's just the way I like to enjoy the games. Uh, yeah. Regardless. Um, yeah. So we have the main storyline. Uh, I guess one thing uh, that is. Maybe one of the the first things that really stuck out to me was that you didn't really see the Pokemon that you were used to, right? So one of the first things that I encountered with this game, especially as a child, is like, oh, where's you know, where's the um, uh, Johto and and Kanto region Pokemon, right? That was the, one of the, my first reactions, and I actually ended up enjoying the games, but I think as a kid, because I'd grown up on the anime, right? Um, it was it was kind of jarring, right, to go into this completely new world where I didn't, you know, recognize any of the Pokemon. Yeah, Ruby and Sapphire added a lot of new Pokemon. Um, really felt like a new region. Like uh, Johto and Kanto feel more connected than just the fact that they are right next to each other, and that there they're is one a two region. Lot... It's like a part one, part two almost. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the the new Pokemon that were introduced in 
uh, Generation 2 are more, like, additions to the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, Sapphire and Ruby, for better or for worse, is where we start to begin to see, like, replacements. You, you see, you, know you what say I mean? that, I, but I still think at this point in the... I mean, yes, you can see that there's definitely some inspired design, right? <laughs> let's let's. Well, I mean, you you've got like Wormple into Beautifly and Dustox, which is mm-hmm. like our new Caterpie. Um, you've oh, got yes, the one- Halo mm-hmm. and Swallow replacing Pidgey. Like you see some replacements, and it's it's Zigazoon is uh, Ratatata. <laughs> yeah, the reason why I say for better or for worse is because it's uh it, this is definitely the start of that trend. I wouldn't say it's bad at all here. This is these are fine. It's actually good to have like different Pokemon feel, filling the same niche because like that helps the world Familiars. feel mm. larger. Because you know you don't always just run into the same. There isn't only one Sparrow in the uh, in the entire world. There isn't one species of Robin. There isn't one fish. <laughs> mm. No, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, one fish. <laughs> Magikarp, <laughs> good old Magikarp. Um. Yeah, no, it's kind of interesting to think about that because I think, to to me, this is the game that will always like. I know I have a soft spot for me in my heart for this particular game, um, but I think from a, it's the point where you know the 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 Pokemon world expanded, but it wasn't so vast that I I got fed up with it. You know what I mean? Right. I think in later games, you know, and. And once again, I'm sure we'll do a, a full episode of National Decks. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Pokemon Black and White eventually. <laughs> um, but I think I think at this point, it's okay. You can you you vastly expand the original cast, uh, but you still have you, you can almost you know you still have like a grasp of all the Pokemon, right? Um, I felt after this game, a lot of the time. Uh, Okay, maybe, maybe later down the road, but there's a lot of times where Pokemon becomes okay. We want to do something new, but we know we have to keep like these certain things. But then we're just going to repeat doing that over and over again. You know, yeah. Like, this was the first time they kind of did. Okay, there's some things that are similar, but very much so. There's a lot of new things, right? Uh, even if I don't like them, for instance, Mawile <laughs> in Ruby uh, um... is is a Pokemon that I visually did not like when I first saw it, right? I was like, "What is this kind of creepy? That thing's gonna eat me." Uh, you know, that's like, fair. The hair I, is gonna eat me, but I, but but I think I appreciate it now because it's it's an instance of new design. Does that make sense? So like when I first yeah. saw, it, I'm like, "Oh, I don't I don't really like it," but but then I think I appreciate it more and more now because it's like, no, they had to get creative, and they are these are very creative ideas, right? Anyway. Yeah. So I think this plays into the fact that like. A lot of these Pokemon function as replacements for old ones, but they're also, like, very creative in how they... Like, they are a new Pokemon filling a niche rather than just another instance of that Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's like, just talk about how many how many Pokemon were added, sorry, while we're here. And then, uh, like, let's see. It's they're... 135 is what they say here. Yep, that is uh, exactly what it is. So there you go. Okay, so yeah, so they fill that niche. Uh, sorry, I kind of cut you off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for example, uh, the Aeron to Agron line is very clearly like 
our new kind of like Geodude kind of replacement. <laughs> but they're very different from how Geodude uh, through to Graveler works. Um, and honestly, I kind of like their designs better. Um, <laughs> and... I like I like Geodude by himself. All right, Geodude shouldn't evolve. Geodude should just be a Pokemon that you keep yeah. uh, you keep beating over and over again. <laughs> Um, but even, even with some, like, the niche replacements, you know, there's also some really clever original ones, like you were saying with, uh, Mawile. My, my favorite design of a Pokemon, though, is, uh, uh, Shedinja? Shedinja. I, I always struggle with saying that one. But, uh, you know, you have, like, Ninkata Evolve, and you get a Ninjask, and you get, like, the Shell uh, becomes its own Pokemon with like one HP that can only be damaged by super effective attacks. Interesting. Shed Ninja. Sorry, I'm just taking a look. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's so funny because I'm going to tell you right now this Pokemon, <laughs> when I was a kid, I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, ah, it's because, yes, I'd have Nin- Ninjask, right? Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. This is a way more interesting Pokemon than I remember. You had to have <laughs> you had to have an empty space in your party and I think huh. one Pokeball in your inventory. So interesting. Uh this is one thing I loved about Ruby and Sapphire. There was a lot of really like well hidden things. Mm. The game didn't tell you like um a lot of things. Like uh Relicanth is an incredibly rare uh, spawn in uh, the dive sections of the game. Yes. And you can go the whole game without like seeing one. <laughs> <laughs> and then you need it you need it to get the uh, what's it called? You need it to get the Reggies and like the Reggies themselves are this whole like uh, hidden thing that, hidden that some thing. people I'm sure people beat the game and never knew what the Reggies were. It was the coolest thing in the world as a kid to find like the origin of the Reggie quest and mm-hmm. kind of, and like, you know, look, look up Braille. I went to the library. I like deciphered I, all this stuff. I want everyone to know this, this, this man is the only reason that I ever cut all the Reggies in the original <laughs> game. <laughs> um, I deciphered all this stuff because you like, you had to like decipher the braille because otherwise, you know, you were never going to figure out how to do these things. You had to like move in the specific order and use different moves. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to have a Waylord and a uh, um, Relicanth in your party to even start the quest. And like, no, there, there's an NPCs being like, "Oh yes, I remember the days of the old Reggies in the temple at the bottom of the sea over there." <laughs> Like you had to go out and find all this stuff. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I think we can maybe get to it now. Actually, uh, we can talk a little bit about the map because I personally think this might be one of my favorite regions to explore, and from how it kind of moves you around. Definitely. Uh, and I I I think you know sometimes they become way too linear, right? Um, yeah. And there is a fear of making things too crazy, right? You can go completely the opposite. But I think this this one was one where uh, I never 
like especially when I played the game the first time, I never quite knew, you know, which direction I'm going to go next. There's usually two or three paths that every city kind of had you go. And depending on where your mission kind of sent you, like for instance, uh, just the fact that you have to go like deliver the letter is a whole thing, right? You have to deliver yeah. the letter. It's like, um, you're not really expecting that to all of a sudden be like, no, we're going to an island now. Like there's a gym there. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, we're, we're, we're taking a boat. Um, you ride the boat and it like takes you past like all these trainers. You're going to fight way later in the game. Um, but it was a clever way to like take you to an island uh tease you with some things but you can't and then when you get surf you go back there you don't have to go back there you do because like you've been riding this boat for half the game and seeing these <laughs> things <laughs> and yeah so i i've and like there's so many like hidden things and, and uh i like the the kind of the rapids i don't know if that wasn't i think they must have been in previous games as well but um the, there's like an extensive thing that like you kind of have to guess which one to take to get to certain hidden islands right i don't know if you remember that uh near the end of the game am, am i going crazy here matt <laughs> uh no no they were the rapids that's how you got to the uh reggie's yeah, so so from a design, from a overall map and the kind of world design, I I I think this might rank number one. I'll have to look back at some of the other games as we go forward, but for me, this this was personally one of my favorite, at least for the story. This, this is definitely one of my favorite way. ones. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, we'll talk about it more when we get to Generation Four because there's some things I really like about that map, but this is definitely one of the best ones they've made. Um, it, it just felt like such a big world like honestly like it's, it's weird to say that but it felt it, like it wasn't that much grander i don't think the game took that much longer but um it, maybe it's also the story heaviness of the game it felt like there there was a lot more meaning to what you were doing it wasn't just i mean there's still you have to beat the eight um gym you know beat the eight gym leaders uh, defeat your rival plus defeat your your kind of trainee <laughs> almost yeah um and d- defeat uh the the final boss there's still that element to it but i think because it was so story focused like there's a lot of kind of side missions you're doing as you're going through this i think it helps a lot because be- at this point in the pokemon franchise and this is what you know later games will suffer from or <coughs> shield um <laughs> Um, where it just becomes like like the story almost routine <laughs> it's routine right it's it's a routine story right there's no real surprises and i think with this particular game there's a lot of little things little kind of side quests where you stop focusing so much on okay i just need to beat all the all the all the bosses right you're like oh no i'm actually interested to see what they're trying to say here right what they're trying to to develop yeah uh, they also did something interesting with the rivals in this game because. Yeah, let's talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so in previous games and in, in later games too, you tend to have like one specific rival um, okay. that you that you know he, he tends to be stronger than you. You're he'll ambush you. Uh, this was particularly in the in the previous two games. This was. Uh, just the worst you'd you'd you'd, uh be walking up a staircase you'd stop and you're like oh crap here it comes Uh, (laughs) but in this game you 
I I was going to say originally going into this podcast, I was going to say two, but you you mentioning the letter reminds me, you kind of have three rivals in this game. Mm. Um, you have May or Brendan, uh, depending on your gender. The opposite gender becomes your initial rival. You mm. have Wally, who is your trainee turned rival. And then you have Steven Stone, who isn't really your rival, and you cooperate him for a lot of the games, but he is the final boss of the game. Well, I like that because he's kind of like the person that knows what's up, you know? He's like yeah. the person that's actually... It, it, we, we joke about, like, 11-year-old <laughs> defeating bad organizations. He's kind of like the adult helping you out. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's... You you really get this sense through the story that like he's like this accomplished trainer, um, but it doesn't like it, it doesn't impede upon you. It doesn't like it, it doesn't was... go like I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I'm going to solve the problem. You kids have fun. Uh, <laughs> um, he doesn't overshadow I, you. I think it was a genuine surprise when I when I went to the Elite Four in this game the first time, and it was Steven that was the, the last guy. Oh, definitely. Because in, if I remember correctly, in the other games, were the champions anyone that you met on your journey? I don't know if that's um, in the first game. It was uh, blue was the uh, your rival was the champion. The champion. Okay. Okay. That, in yeah. the second game, it was Lance, which was weird, but because he was the he was wasn't he the eighth gym leader as well? No, he was the. Um, well, so in second generation, they did this thing with Lance, and they had him, like, cut. Lance is kind of like a prototypical Steven Stone. They took him, he was the Elite Four, he was the fourth member of the Elite Four in the first game. In the second oh. game, he, like, helps out from time to time. That's and, pretty like, cool. You interact that, that... with him a little bit, and then mm-hmm. he's the champion. That's he doesn't, cool, it doesn't pull off quite as well, because, like, You don't really Lance. have a connection to him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Steven, I feel like does it a bit better because he's a bit of a more of an unknown quality. Sorry, unknown quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes in. You you interact with him through the story. Um, he never really flexes or anything like that. Um, you're just kind of aware of him and aware that people like respect him. And then you get to that final chamber and you see him, and he throws out a very powerful team. Oh yeah, no. I mean, the biggest thing is I thought, oh, I might like, did I do it? And then you're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one thing that they did in this game that I really liked is mm-hmm. they gave Steven um, Metagross. You do not see that Pokemon before the final fight. It yes! Absolute yes. out of left field. Uh, Here's a new Pokemon to fight. It's very like powerful. Have yeah. fun. <laughs> but I think that's genius. Oh, it's it's, it's it, wonderful. It's the same feeling um, with the first game when there was the. I, I want. Sorry, let me just make sure I have, I have the the right name here. But for me, when I when I played, I think it was Dragonite. Honestly, Dragonite was a Pokemon that, like, for me, I don't think I'd seen. In the game, perhaps I saw him in the in the. There's something about hitting them though when all your Pokemon are weak and you have no way to heal them. Yeah, <laughs> where it just doesn't die. I don't know. I, I like this like big boss kind of like this idea. New big boss Pokemon deal with it. 
Yeah. No, it's, uh, and like, it's, you're like, what is this thing? What is it's typing? Like all your strategies fall apart because you're desperately trying to figure out what this thing is as it like (laughs) pummels you into the earth. (laughs) Uh, No, I I think, yeah, I I think there's a lot of things they did right with this game uh, when it comes to that, uh, especially. Let's let's talk about... mm. Interesting things. We should probably touch on Team Aqua and Team Magma. Yes. Yes. Do you want to start? Because, like, they... So, so just as an overview for our listeners, for those who may not remember these games as well, may not have played them, in this game you fight against either Team Aqua and Sapphire or Team Magma in Ruby, and the opposite team assists you. So, in in Sapphire, Team Magma is assisting you. In uh, Ruby, uh, Aqua is assisting you. And uh, you foil their plans. De- depending on the game, it's mostly just they swap who's the antagonist, who's the... Uh, uh... Protagonist. The, the other team isn't so much the heroes, they're just kind of like the non-antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. If we're being honest, um, they just kind of swap the roles, and you have Archie and you have uh, Maxi. Maxi sounds right. Yeah. Um, sorry, I played Sapphire, so I dealt with Archie a lot more. Uh, Aqua is more kind of has this kind of like pirate theme going on. Magma mm-hmm. has, I don't know, hoodies. I- <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I think Team Aqua was a much more fun design. Yeah, Team Magma Aqua, kinda... like... Yeah. yeah, I feel like they, just, they made Sapphire first, and then they doubled back to Ruby. <laughs> I, uh, like, I don't... It's not that the design is bad, but it kind of feels like they are... They're essentially just, like, wolves? Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's what they're going for. It, it's they're, a bit. It's a bit weird. Um, people who just have been raised by wolves. <laughs> but yeah, so th- their goals are to either raise or lower the uh, uh, water level of the world through the use of uh, the title legendary Pokemon. And this is actually interesting because this is the first time that Pokemon would have its legendary Pokemon be like actual gods <laughs> uh we'll see this uh e- reaches uh <laughs> apotheosis in uh <laughs> um generation where'd you, where, where'd you keep that word uh stuck <laughs> you pull that one out of that's great anyway keep going um we'll see that come into uh it's apotheosis in generation four but in uh this one we're kind of seeing this for the first time where the legendaries have like godlike power and somehow obey a 12 year old. Um, and uh, so you go through a couple different motions. Like there's the, uh, you, you, the first real run in with them is at the museum when they're kind of like studying up on like the submarine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. You take care of them there. They're not a big deal. Like, there's a couple other random assorted events, but they're very unimportant. Um, and uh, then you run into them in the meteorite caverns where they're 
uh, collecting the meteorite that they then take to the volcano. Um, Aqua being at the volcano doesn't make a ton of sense. Magma being there makes complete sense. Um, it, and... it kind of felt like they they want to make sure like that most people would be very like it's it's very similar except they just kind of replace the crew. You know what I mean? And the ending sequence, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, like Aqua's there because they're like, haha, we're going to like turn off the volcano, and then that'll be, <laughs> and then that'll please make, do <laughs> that'll, yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, uh, I mean, I guess we'll stop you. Um, and Magma's like, we're gonna like erupt the volcano. It's like, oh, we'll definitely have to stop you. <laughs> um, but you deal with that, and then you, you really don't run into them again too much until Lily Cove, where you run and go, where, yeah. you, where their main base is. Uh, you invade that, uh, you get the Master Ball there, it's just kind of sitting on the ground. Um, and it actually has a purpose in this game. Well, I mean... Well, we'll talk about, we'll talk yeah. about the Legendaries in a sec. <laughs> yeah, oh god, Rayquaza. Um, and, uh, then they escape in the submarine that they stole, and, uh, you pursue them down to the bottom of a sea trench where the title legendary is they awaken it and everything predictably goes wrong <laughs> uh groudon gets because uh there's a brief side thing where you like pick up orbs at a graveyard and you get the orb that matches the color they get the orb that uh contrasts yes uh because they're idiots and they think that Yes, I will use the red orb to control the blue legendary. This will this plan cannot possibly go wrong. <laughs> you know, if they were um, actually Pokemon gods, I think that was the correct line of thinking. But then they 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 didn't realize they were in a kids game. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like if I'm gonna if I want to control like the blue Pokemon god, I'm gonna take the blue orb, which is exactly right. what happens. They take the red orb. They're like. Uh, Ky- Kyogre, obey me, and Kyogre just gets really mad. <laughs> um, and uh, Kyogre like goes off to uh, shoot. I forget the city, but it's the uh, one with the final gym in it. Yeah, it's it's the one where you have to go dive underneath and then like dive. Yeah, the most get into. inaccessible city on the face of the earth. Um, anyway, it goes in pouts in the cave of origins where you go and catch it and end the climate disaster that uh the t- you know there, there's like this heartfelt uh scene where like maxi or archie uh whichever one is not the villain will like berate the other and be like you idiot what did you think was going to happen it, it's pseudopolis city that's that's the one pseudopolis pseudopolis that's it yeah pseudopolis um and yeah and that's basically the plot with the uh teams this is like this was their first attempt to make the teams more like uh an active threat because mm-hmm. rocket just kind of like gets in your way occasionally they're just a criminal organization that you happen to defeat <laughs> yeah. as opposed to have to defeat <laughs> yeah this is like ego terrorists that you have to defeat for the fate of the planet um <laughs> And uh, we'll touch back on this again in Emerald, because they do interesting things here. I feel like Emerald tells a more cohesive version of this story, but this is 
how it works. This in is the main story. This is the first attempt before they did Emerald. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to Emerald. And actually, we can probably go through some of the rest of uh, Sapphire and Ruby here because there are some other interesting things that I would really uh, want to talk about. Um, so well, let me before, go... before we just oh. move on, uh, I just Ooh. wanted to ask, so what did you think of this overall plot? I think that it took longer for me to get into the story. Um, and then once again, like this is me as a kid, right? This is me remembering what I enjoyed from it. But I think by the end, um, I was all in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I I think I think because it was so plot heavy, um, it felt like, well, it it. it it felt like it took it took longer for me to kind of get into because there's a lot more going on, if that makes sense. Yeah, but there's a lot I, of setup. There's a lot of setup, and there's a lot of things that I think I think maybe this is why this game is actually so good, is because it's a little less focused on on child friendly. You know what I mean? Not, not child ch- yeah. child accessible uh, game design, right? Because for instance, finding how to dive and dive up that's a pretty tough thing to do. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 there there are certain parts where i would just be blocked by like you know uh these yeah these the arbitrary was a thing arbitrary um what's it called team magma members just kind of sitting you know <laughs> just sitting there <laughs> on my way to mobile i think it was um no so it it's not that it's not that i i think like for me this is probably the most fun game i played if i were to take it like from a story perspective right um yep. and and uh and i think as well i mean we've talked about this right like i didn't play i played diamond like last year like i i, I that was the one generation i skipped mm. so um so i don't have that i know a lot of people liked uh diamond pearl and and uh what's the, what's the one that plat- is a platinum platinum yeah they have platinum a lot but i that was the one generation i skipped so for me you know at least from my memory this was probably my most uh favorite playthrough of a pokemon game and there was so much like you just felt like there's so much going on and so many very interesting little things like descending the mountain was a lot of fun like it, you know what i mean like it just felt yeah. like every stage of the game had its own kind of thing right the beginning, you go through the bug forest, which you, you typically find in a Pokemon game, and then, um, then you kind of oh, you're using this boat to get from place to place, right? And then uh, later on, uh, you kind of get to that point where oh, there's there's this like we're going through a uh, desert, and then now we're going through um, now we're going down the mountain, you know, and now we're going into the rain. Yeah, right? and like if you like, look at the map, it's very interconnected. Um, and by the end of the game, like you can. Even if you don't use fly, you can get around the map pretty quickly because it's got all these like, it's basically built in in circles. But um, the roadblocks they throw in your way to prevent you like skipping ahead, I feel are more well done in this game. They're than, smart. Say, like, you you, black you can't and white. accidentally wander off. <laughs> yeah, you know, like um, two towns are being connected by a tunnel, but they're currently still like digging the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. So until they finish you can't cross that but by the time you reach the other end of the map where the other end of the tunnel is they finish the tunnel and now you can go through it's not like oh i dropped my um uh 
I dropped my glasses, uh, I'm and I'm fencing off this entire, like, half of the map to look for them. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, anything else you want to ask me about that? Or uh, No, uh, I think we can move on to what you wanted to touch on. Okay, so I'm going to run through some quick things that I don't really think we need to talk about, but I thought I'd mention it because I, I like having in each of these episodes kind of a running idea of what are things they're adding to the game um so uh let me go quickly there's new pokeballs so you got a primer ball a repeat ball a timer ball a nest ball so and a dive ball and a luxury ball uh which i mean some of them are kind of like oh luxury ball makes the pokemon more comfortable but it's also like am i gonna buy 100 luxury ball pokeballs to make them more comfortable (laughs) probably not um but i think i think it's cool that they're adding this especially the timer ball which yeah i i uh, feel like it's an evolution on the whole apricorn thing Yes. Um because it allowed, it gave more accessibility to these special uh uh pokeball types so you could actually like use them without having only like 3. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah, exactly. Uh other new features that I would like to mention is weather. So like it's actually raining in certain places and those weather effects start at the beginning of your pokemon battle if you fight in those regions. Um, and I think this is, you know, kind of in, in gold and silver, you have like nighttime, daytime, right? Uh, and and in this one, it's kind of like, oh, like the weather can actually affect the, the, the terrain. Uh, it actually affects the battles, battles. like the battles. uh, Exactly. Yeah. Weather was a huge addition to battles. And like, I, once again, as someone who who just plays the games for fun, I think it's a great addition. But as someone who, like, thinks about, like, potentially people who play this from, like, a... What's the word? Uh, competitive? Competitive perspective. I just feel like it's another annoying thing. But I know why they need to add stuff like this. It's, like, because you you want to not limit the amount of things that people can do, right? I mean, I don't think it's a terribly annoying thing because um, it actually added... You know, this is diverging a bit into competitive and we'll probably have a whole episode on this but like weather added uh if you like really focused on weather you could make some really interesting mm. new team dynamics like uh uh for example classic one in rain uh thunder has 100 percent accuracy oh so cool yeah so that's a huge uh uh increase in power right there and like solar beam and sunny day is doesn't need to charge up anymore it already has 100 percent accuracy and that's has extra pp um sandstorm increases like the defense of uh rock and steel types i think so honestly like i know i know there's stuff like this but everything you've said to me is pretty much new knowledge for me you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, like the weather the weather system in this game like adds a lot of complexity to the battles. Like if you and it's also very simple in that um mm-hmm. it adds complexity if you want it. But if you don't want to like build a team about rain, then you can basically ignore the weather system. So it's fr- it's friendly to like casual people and also interesting for competitive it's 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 a very well implemented i almost don't want to call it a gimmick but because it really we're gonna isn't be... it is a mechanic it's like yeah it's, it's, it's actually it, a thing it, it is a full-fledged mechanic as opposed to a lot mm-hmm. of the gimmicks that they tend to bring in mm-hmm. 
Um, so big fan of weather myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was nice because it, it also, once again, when it comes to expanding the world and having this different feeling for every part that you're going through, having that weather that you actually see on screen a lot of the time as well. Um, yeah, I think added a lot. Oh, okay, another big thing was double battles. And this, when I, when I first played through this game, this was actually the coolest thing. Like, I remember getting my first double battle and being like, wait, wait what? <laughs> and I personally, it was kind of weird because, you know, I don't know if this holds up to what I think about the game now. Um, but when they were first introduced, I almost wished there was less trainers, but more doubles battles trainers. Yeah, no, I agree sense. with that. Double Double battles are very interesting. There's all these new moves added that, like interact with them in interesting ways like some moves that are really good in uh uh one-on-one are terrible in uh in uh double battles because you're just going to kill your uh companion pokemon but you can also play around it like if you bring uh a flying type you can use earthquake to hit all your opponents but not Mm -hmm. your ally like there's just so many very intricate uh, things of another brilliantly added mechanic that very easily could have been a gimmick. <laughs> well, it, it's so weird because, like, I actually want. I don't think there's any game where they actually have double battles as the focus, but like, I feel like they could do it. Well, it's interesting that you point that out because uh, my knowledge might be outdated, but to my knowledge, uh, the official. Uh, pokemon uh competitive scene yes is double battles yes yeah yeah. it is (laughs) so (laughs) no no which uh, that's what i'm saying like i think they you know i mean like does it make sense for you all these people to be hanging out with their friends just waiting around on i mean it doesn't make sense for one person to just be standing around to fight the first person that walks by but for two people to be standing around uh and continuously fighting but i feel like um that this could be something that could dominate a game and I think would be a lot of fun to have a lot yeah, of double definitely. battles. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, I mean, I don't know if they'll ever do it. Maybe because... You know, I think I think double battles are far more interesting, right? Um, but it may be harder to design the whole game around them, right? Yeah, um... I mean, I would actually be interested to see them design a whole game around them. I do want them to design because it, it changes the battle system a lot because you can't just have um, like a classic one is in one v one. If you go faster than the opponent and KO them, they can't attack you, mm-hmm. so you can sweep their team. But in a double battle, if you go faster and uh, wipe out one of your opponents. Unless you do that with both of them, the other one can still attack you. <laughs> I think they're far more interesting. Uh, I These are one of those things where... Well, you know, it wouldn't necessarily slow down the game. Because let's just say someone has four Pokemon. It might actually speed up the process of the game, of some of the battles. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, unless you have, like, some, you know... One of those strats where you just, like, survive... <laughs> poison sting and survive um but no over overall i yeah i thought it was probably one of the best additions and i would love to see a game that was 
not just like not just like oh we're gonna have them from time to time but like no this is a thing like you want to set up your party with two pokemon in the front that you're yeah playing no that would be very interesting um okay i'm gonna move on from there a little bit to my favorite thing in this whole game what i mean favorite thing i don't know if it's my favorite thing but it's something where i beat the game and i probably spent as much time on this as the actual game and that is pokemon contest i oh my god had yeah. so much fun i don't know what getting that final grand you know i don't know what the the, the title was badge gave me um but i had so much fun going through like the four different contests and like getting that recognition i i thought this was so cool uh you kind of like use different moves and they're specific to the it's like it's like they're being judged but it's it's kind of like it's like a gimmicky mini game but at the same time it's like, not even like a, a lot gimmicky. of thought it's it's a str- it's a full it's more of like a <laughs> it's almost like a strategy kind of thing because you've got to like set up combos you got to manage your I think you're opponents right. I think you're completely right. You it it was like I feel you could have a whole, maybe not a whole game, but it no, I feel was, like it, if you if you like added a, a bit more complexity, like you could make Pokemon Contest their own game, like Pokemon Contest the game. That's what we're waiting for. No, but I thought it was brilliant. I I kind of wish like at the end there'd be something a little more rewarding, maybe not rewarding, but like once you win the whole thing. <laughs> They like parade you around the street or something. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> that'd yeah. Be nice so just thing. being like, here's a ribbon. Here's Goodbye. the best ribbon. <laughs> um, uh, it's the equivalent of like local like karate competitions. <laughs> like, here you yeah. go. <laughs> you did well. You did well. Oh, you're the best in this. Yeah, but no, I, I, these were great, and it added so. Like, I think in some ways we can think of compare it to, I guess, the uh, slot machines in some ways. Right? Is that fair? But they had uh, solutions in this game too, right? Yeah, no, I wouldn't so, compare... It, I, I mean, honestly, I think the uh, contests are stand almost on the same level as, like, the battles. <laughs> and and that's what I'm saying. I think this actually bumps this game up tremendously. Like, yeah. from, from just a standard game to... This is a bonus feature that could be its own, you know, I guess DLC these days. Maybe we can yeah. compare it to. A hundred percent. Like it, it has depth, and it was so much fun. Um, I think I had more fun in the contest than than the actual <laughs> Pokemon battle. Sometimes, no, probably most of the time, because you do kind of get tired of the Pokemon loop, right? So uh, yeah, I, you know, it was refreshing to it was a refreshing breakaway. Um, it had its own like meta, like you know, I would whenever I took my Pokemon, I wanted to go do contests. I had to like overwrite all my all my moves because. <laughs> Uh, what's good in battles isn't as good in um, contests. Like some moves are amazing in contests, garbage in combat. Some moves are great in combat, garbage in contests. Um, it was this whole mm-hmm. thing was brilliantly well done. Um, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I, I, yeah, I absolutely love this. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything more to add to that? I think we're good, but I, that was really important for me to mention. Cause yeah, I think they no, try to do definitely. something similar in future games, but I, yeah, for they me, do, they none of them back stack generation up. Four, it didn't, mm. it, it didn't hit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the additions were a bit, uh, not great. It was the case where their first idea was actually, like yeah, you didn't have to iterate perfect. on it. You you actually could probably use that base idea. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let me just add. 
So I, I think that's the extent I want to talk about Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire before we get to Emerald. Is there any other things about Sapphire and Ruby that you'd like to say beforehand? Uh, no, I think I'm, I think we're good. Um, so I guess, oh, actually, one, oh, what is your favorite starter? What is favorite your favorite starter? This one, uh, this is, this one for me is really tough. I, I, I chose Torchic, I believe. And I think I may, no, I don't think I chose Torchic originally, but I think that the final evolution Blaziken, I think is the best. Um, but from a look perspective, I, it, it's like, especially comparing like we can at this point, right? Because we are doing these episodes kind of after our first two generations. I think I'd like to say that for me, the original three starters and their final evolutions, especially are still the best. Um, Maybe, you know, in Johto, there's some competition. But in this one particularly, I did not particularly like the looks of the final three, of the three starters. So I, I would choose Blaze. That's actually, but... that. I contrast your opinion. I yeah, love no the starters in this game. Um, They're completely different. I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah. Right? I, uh, Blaziken is my favorite. I mean, because I started with Torchic. Mm-hmm. Um, but Swampert is excellent. Water ground on a starter type, very interesting. Um, now Blaziken does start the trend of firefighting, um, which would uh, uh, last a while. <laughs> uh, but uh, Blaziken is just a fantastic Pokemon. Um, I remember evolving Cabuskin for the first time and like seeing Blaziken and learned Sky Uppercut and proceeded to oh, Sky yes. Uppercut like. Everything yes. in the game, a hundred percent. Um, just really good starters. My favorite Pokemon this generation, though, um, from a design standpoint, is Metagross. Metagross, yes, yes, that's a solid really one. cool design. And again, we touched on how like he just comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. My favorite Pokemon from from a mechanical perspective, though, is just Shed- Shedinja. Because just because the, yeah. it's so cool. <laughs> it's that, so like, specific. Like you have to do all these specific things. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, and like uh, it's not it's not good mm-hmm. in battles. It's not like some game breaker. It's just got this really fun ability that it cannot be hurt except if you're super effective. And that can really mess some people up. Uh, yeah, I actually, you know, that's kind of funny, but. This is probably my fa- my favorite Pokemon in this game is actually Grudon. <laughs> that's that's kind of weird to say. I feel no, that's uh, that's that's fair to say. Like you can like the legendaries a lot. Like I actually, when it comes to La- Groudon's Latios really good though, and Groudon, I, I think like Groudon, Lat- Latios, and Latias. I the the legendaries in this game, I really enjoy. Oh, like I have much 100%. more of a connection between these legendaries than I feel I do with um, any, I think any of the previous legends, like I actually like this set including uh, Kyogre and um, Rayquaza Uh, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about the legendaries how do you you compare them to the other games that we've seen so far? Like these are are iconic legendaries in my opinion Uh, Kyogre and 
I, I prefer Groudon's design a little bit more than Kyogre's, but I still really love Kyogre, since that's the one I caught. Um, and Rayquaza is... Uh, like, finding Rayquaza is very interesting, because you have to, like... Uh, go off a Once side again, path. I think you told me. Nobody, nobody <laughs> tells you about it. Yeah, like, I remember telling you at school because, like, it's it's so well hidden. You have to go up this, like, honestly, pretty hard tower to climb because you have to do like all yeah, these bike tricks. It's a separate tricks. cavern, almost. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's Sky Pillars. This whole like mini dungeon with like high level Pokemon and these like really hard bike puzzles you need to solve with like cracking floors and like get to the top. And he in if you did not keep your master ball, he is so incredibly hard to catch. <laughs> I, I think I caught him without a master ball. I think I used my master I, ball in Latios. I Latios. did too, but it took me hours because he has rest and fly. He he knows he is I think he's like the first Pokemon to know fly, which is an HM move naturally. <laughs> yes. No, you're right. You're right. I do remember that. And oh my god! And he also has outrage, which does huge damage. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, I actually remember being really close to catching him, having everything set up perfectly, and then he then he struggle. <laughs> <laughs> like I I I got to the point in the thing where where he uh, he no longer could. Uh, what's the word? I was using like timer balls, one HP paralyzed or something, uh, and he had run out of rests. So like, you know what I mean? And then he eventually got yeah. to struggle. No, it. I mean, I don't mind it being so difficult. I mean, it's frustrating, but it is fun as well. I think there is something. Yeah, to you know, he catching him really is like he's very powerful. He's very mm-hmm. powerful, legendary. Catching him is such a rewarding experience, just because it's so you have to work so hard. But you get him. Like the le- they do not give you legendaries in this game. The legendaries think- in this game are the Reggies, which you have to do like you have to like hunt down and do these puzzles in order to catch. Uh the Ladi Ladias Latios, which are um incredibly frustrating mobile Pokemon to catch. I might have actually I wonder if I use Scary Face and I think there's one point where I did use scare. Like, I, I remember one time I brought out a Wabafet to try to keep Latias yeah. anchored down, and Latias is just like, that's neat, and threw a mist ball at it and uh, just one hit KO'd it and ran away. <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I think I think there's a lot of fun in catching the Pokemon in this game. And it's it's difficulty, but it's difficulty that's rewarding. Yeah, uh, and there were also two interesting event Pokemon, which were Jirachi and Deoxys. Mm-hmm. I have I didn't catch them because you know where we live, there aren't there aren't the Pokemon events. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, you know, any day now, I'm sure that the uh, space center will send me up in a rocket to the moon to catch Jirachi. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, actually, that's what they do in the new game, uh, in the newer version. <laughs> Well, of course, they had to. That was just too much of a reference not to. Um, yeah, that was great. I think there's... I, I'm pretty sure there's a joke about it in the in the Omega uh, games. Because I, I think there's like a joke where it's like... Oh, there's some people who believe that this was a thing that happened. But like it's... Like there's some like double meaning, like heavy... Uh, like, oh, a bunch of people thought about this. Okay. Um... 
I, yeah, probably talk about Emerald. Yes, let's talk about Emerald. So this will probably be our final section, or uh, and then we can kind of close out after that. So, um, Emeralds, tell me how is the story different, and what are some things you really liked about Emerald? Because I don't think I actually played this game. So Emerald changes uh, a couple very key things. Uh, first, it makes both of the teams uh, antagonistic. Honestly, probably the right choice. <laughs> yeah, uh, like it doesn't really like what is Team Magma doing in Team in, in Sapphire? Like they're they're just a people a bunch of people who ha- hang out together and like uh, riff off of uh, <laughs> uh, Team Aqua. Like wh- what kind of gang are they? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no they be- they both become antagonistic. Um Maxi and the uh team magma are going to the volcano to get Groudon, which makes way more sense for where Groudon is. <laughs> yes. Yes it does. <laughs> uh, and Archie is going to the bottom of the sea to find Kyogre, which is of course where Kyogre should be. <laughs> Um, and, you know, they split up the event, so Aqua steals the, uh, submarine and has the sea base, which makes sense why they have the sea base and not Magma, which was kind of weird. Um, (laughs) and Magma is the one to, like, steal the meteorite at the cavern, and, like, they go to the, um, volcano... They they steal they both steal orbs, <laughs> um, but again they they don't know how color coordination works for some reason, um, so they both screw it up, and then you get this really really cool ending sequence where um, Groudon uh, is is like making it constantly sunny and. <laughs> Uh, Kyogre is making it constantly rain, so it's constant. The weather is just shifting Fighting. on screen yeah, yeah. constantly. So, like, if you get in a battle, it'll be like sunny day one turn and then rainy the That's next. Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like having this epic battle in Sutopolis, and you know, uh, Stephen Stone and uh, Wallace like berate the two uh, leaders, and then you go to Sky Pillar to summon Rayquaza, who like. Because, like, in the original games, uh, in the Pokedex entries, Rayquaza is, like, listed as, like, uh, something that exists to, like, make balance between the two of them. And he actually has Mm. his ability, Airlock, disables uh, uh, Drizzle and Drought. That's pretty cool. Um, Sorry. (laughs) And, like, yeah, you summon Rayquaza, and he descends into Sutopolis and, like, breaks up the fight. And then <laughs> he goes to the Cave of Origins. Well, no. Does he go to the Cave of Origins? I can't remember uh, who goes into the Cave of Origins. Um, but you have an opportunity to go catch both Kyogre and Groudon and Rayquaza. Um, he goes, He goes. flies back to Sky Pillar, I think. Oh, he goes back to Sky Pillar. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Uh, and, then the, and then the bike puzzle. Like, the first time you go to Sky Pillar, the ground's intact. Second time you go back... Yeah, gotta do the bike puzzles again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just a really cool ending sequence. The one downside to the story is, I believe... Let me just double-check this. 
Wallace, I think, is the, the champion. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just double-checking. Yeah, they make Wallace the champion, which... Uh, not my favorite thing that they did. Because, <laughs> like, Wallace He's is just... beat a... up on... <laughs> Wallace is a gym leader in, in Sapphire and Ruby. Oh, that's really odd then. Yeah, yeah, he's like the gym leader of Sutopolis. So, like, making him the champion is just... It's just a little weird. I mean, they're all uh, just alternative you know, uh, worlds, right? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're not we're not we're not at the part where we start talking about how Pokemon takes place in a multiverse yet. That's another whole episode we got. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So so when you compare Emerald to Sapphire, which game did you enjoy playing through more? Um, if you remember, <laughs> I'd say. Emerald is the better experience throughout, but it kind of flubs the champion by making it Wallace, which I, I like. I don't understand why they made Wallace the champion. Yeah. Uh, like if if you picked if you picked uh if you had Sceptile, like the Grass Starter, mm-hmm. like you just you like wreck him. You wreck him because he's a Water type champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh yeah um, no so 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 it, I I I kind of got that from you as well. It's like if you want a more complete game where all like you don't really feel restricted by the fact you have one or the other game where you can get if you want all the legendaries, you know what I mean? Like Emerald is definitely up there, but this was one game where when I finished it, I felt they gave more more than enough for for what's in the game. Like the game felt very full, right? It didn't feel like I was missing anything. Like it felt. Yes, there's some Pokemon I'm missing, but overall, the amount of random stuff you could do in the game is so vast. Like, so much bonus stuff and so much content that I... I think Emerald would have been a fun version, but I I, I think Ruby is, is more... It, yeah. it does more than some of the original entries for a lot of games, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, playing Ruby or Sapphire, you don't feel like um, you're missing you're missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say like playing. You have to play Emerald. It's not a platinum situation where uh, it's we'll, just we'll get to that next the time. objectively <laughs> better game. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's my point, right? I, and I think this is the one game. Now where... there is now there is oh. something we do need to touch on Emerald that if we don't touch on, people will uh, comment on. Uh, Emerald does add the um, Battle Frontier. Oh, yes. Yes. Which, honestly, it's not really my kind of... I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of the Battle Frontier. Personally. I know, I know, like, it's a very popular addition for a lot of people, and a lot of people really enjoy it, so I'm not... I don't say it's a... I don't say it's bad content. Mm-hmm. I would never say that. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. But for the people who really like the Battle Frontier, that is a major um, addition that Emerald adds that is very mm. important to bring up. Yeah, and I, I mean, Battle Frontier for me feels like this is where I think the difference between people who are competitive players or, or have that kind of competitive mindset and people who just enjoy to play the games, I think, have very different reactions. This is at least my theory, that marketing theory right now. But for me, it's like I've just went through this, you know, the Pokemon play loop to beat the whole game and i don't particularly want to go through that loop like to 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 prove that i know how to play the game better yeah 
you know, if, if you it... really want to like achieve that level of mastery, it's mm-hmm. there and it's a exactly. great addition for those people. Exactly. I, I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, yeah. So this that kind of depends on how you how you take it. Do you want to be the best at uh, knowing which moves to work and when and all those things? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So with all this being said, um, I would like to say. Maybe we can get to this point. Is I know, I know this is a question you like to ask. All right, are all the Pokemon? Can you catch them all? Right after after let's just say after Emerald. Right, how do you feel about catching them all after Emerald? The task of getting all the Pokemon. Uh, you can't <laughs> because <Exactly. laughs> we have because uh, Leaf Green and. Uh, uh, Fire Red have not been released yet, and mm-hmm. uh, you cannot transfer the Pokemon from the previous generation. Exactly. So this is actually a point, you know, where where there is it's not like oh I need to find the right people. It's like no, you literally. But I will. But I will mm-hmm. give them credit because they did make it possible to do. It is both impossible, but also they made it sure that it was possible. Because the, these games were released before uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green. Those came afterwards. Yes. But if you catch a Pokemon that is not in the Hoenn decks, in the Fire Red and Leaf Green, and trade it to Ruby and Sapphire, not e- not even Emerald. Like it's not, this is not just Emerald. If you mm-hmm. trade a non Hoenn Pokemon to Ruby and Sapphire, you unlock the National decks. Oh, that's so cool! So they already had it implemented in the code. Yep. The National deck. That's awesome. I think I have a feeling a lot of people would go the other way. Like they, pro- like I think you tend to transfer to your newer games, right? Right. Um, even if it's the remake, I think a lot of people would tend to transfer to the the Fire Red. Um, but, Entirely yeah, valid, think, but it is I, possible. Mm-hmm. You can catch all with Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. You can catch all the Pokemon in the Hoenn decks and complete that. Mm-hmm. And. After Fire Red and Leaf Green come out, which adds in all the missing Pokemon, you can go back and you can catch all, you can complete the national decks in these games. So I'm going to rate it as uh, impossible until it was. Perfect, perfect. And I would say, like, this is the point where, um, you know, we'll talk about the the idea of the global trade system that comes into effect. I, I don't know if it's the next generation or the generation after. I, uh, I think it's. An, I think the next generation is when it start. Like th- that's when like internet started. Uh, internet and games started really taking off. So, but for for me personally, I I never felt like I could catch all the Pokemon until the the world trade thing was implemented. Um, and that's just because of the fact there's only so many people at least around me that would have a thing that you could trade with. <laughs> right oh yeah that 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 mm -hmm. also reminds me something that also helps this game is because uh so many of the games are in a different game Mm -hmm. um it makes it less daunting because you don't have to catch all the pokemon all like you know like 300 or 400 pokemon in this game you have to catch like the like 200 pokemon that are actually in this game then you catch the 200 pokemon that are in the other game and then you've Mm. caught them all so wait hold on 
be specific with which games you're talking about because I think you lost me for a second. Oh, sorry. So in Ruby and Sapphire, there's only like 200 Pokemon or so in the uh, Hoenn decks. Yes. That's all you can catch in these games. So if you catch all of those, then that's done. And then when you're playing through Fire Red and Leaf oh, Green... Oh, so technically, so technically you could just not get Fire Red and just stick to the Hoenn deck and be like, well, I caught them all in the game, right? Yeah, you can, you you can, can do just, that. That's not but, necessarily a bad but idea. Then, Mm-hmm. But then with uh, Fire Red and Leaf Green, when you're going through that and you catch the Pokemon in that and you uh, catch the 200 or so Pokemon in that game and you put them, to get the, put them together, so you're really catching 400 Pokemon over two games instead of having to catch 400 Pokemon in a single game. And like at that point, just naturally, you're going to be a lot closer to that goal. You yeah, I mean, like if if you just make it, I mean, and this is something that I've started doing if I care in the later. Like there are times where like I just want to beat the game, and there's times where I care about catching all the Pokemon. Um, and uh, the thing with that is, um, if you if you care to just like like not going out of your way, but if like if you see a Pokemon and you know you haven't caught it yet and you catch it, like you kind of decrease the amount of Pokemon you have to catch, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a good kind of rule of thumb if if. I, that's that's one thing that I've tried to do more and more. I think as I play the Pokemon games uh, going forward, same. Is, uh, fight all the trainers, right? Because I used to avoid trainers. Just same. fight all the trainers <laughs> for the experience. And if if you do happen to run into Pokemon and you don't have them, catch them. Uh, and it, I think that gives a better experience. And that way, there you don't really feel like it's a chore. You never really want it to become a chore. Okay. With all that being said, I think we need to now wrap up our with our final thoughts on uh, Ruby, Sapphire, and perhaps Emerald. Um, and so the way we'll do final thoughts kind of going forward, I feel like we're, we're now on our fifth episode. Um, we're going to compare it to to our uh, previous, ep- previous generations. Okay, I don't want to really compare it to Sword and Shield. Um, yeah. Although I don't think it'd be too difficult. But... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, let's 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 as we kind of go forward with the final thoughts, let's compare it to the previous games that were, right? And if I were to compare this to, let's just say, a crystal or a gold, I think it's kind of interesting because I I did say that like for me, I really like the idea of gold of going back, but in the base games, right, in the games that were released at the time they were released, I have to give it. To Ruby and Sapphire, um, for me as the better game, and there are two reasons for this. All right, one, I think while I don't want to say, I think graphics do play a role in yep. this particular jump from from Game Boy Color to Game Boy Advance, um, and so you know I, I'll make an argument. I'm sure later when we go over uh, Heart Gold and, and Soul Silver about about you know some things I think on those, but um, so far I think it, I think it beats Gold in that sense. And I think another thing when I'm looking at these games as standalone games is that if I were to just pick up Ruby, which I did, right, and be like, this is the only game I'm playing and I don't know anything else about the Pokemon series, um, I would have a full experience. While my my thing is, I feel like gold and silver are so related to red and blue uh, that if you just played those games without knowledge of the previous games it may not have the same impact that it had for me. Does that make sense? Yep. And honestly, I can't really put it any better myself. Mm -hmm. So, so far, uh, the three generations we've looked at, I think standalone, um, I will rank Ruby Sapphire at the top. 
I I think Ruby and Sapphire is really when uh, Game Freak really hit their stride. <laughs> They've made enough of them to really now start to. <laughs> you know, they really they had already like nailed down like the basic structure and the systems. Uh, like there's going like when we get into Generation Four, there's going to be a big mechanical uh, change. Change, yeah. Uh, but uh, this is really when they started uh, like refining things and like. And they um, added so many like new cool things, right? Like, yep, and they all just battles, meshed and, and contests, they, and, and they like, just kept stuff going to do. forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just gimmicks; it was like things that you could actually bite bite into. You know? Yeah, you know these were. Yeah, I I think it's the difference between a gimmick and a mechanic. This was mm-hmm. something that they added into the game. It's staying in the game. It, I mean, contests kind of fell out because they kind of botched their implementation. But uh, that's what I'm saying. In this particular version of contests, it's so it's such a great level. Like it's so weird to talk about contests, but I actually feel like it's such a great game within a game that um, I don't think any other game yeah. in the series I, I think, really they, has something like that. Yeah, it it just really really solid. Um, and you know, if I had to rate these games, I'd definitely say seven point eight out of 10, out of ten. Too much water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I I had to do it. <laughs> Too much water. Uh, uh, that's fine. Um, no, but just uh, really solid uh, set of games. Yeah, I think I think we're in agreement on this one. Okay. Um, I think we'll end it here, Matt. Uh, yep. Thanks, thanks for being on the show once again. It's always a pleasure. I mean, I'm saying that like you're a guest, but you're you're definitely one of the co-hosts of this. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure we'll have Tristan on the next one. I think we'll need him on because for me, uh, I this I think this what will be fun is when I play the um, the remake that's been announced for for the the Gen right. Four games. But I'm going to be honest. I to say I sped run <laughs> Diamond specifically, and because that was the only game I could get my hands on for relatively cheap, as in. Someone gave it away. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I the, I have the least amount of memories with this game because I played you know in the next generation because I played Diamond, and uh, I also I think I beat it in the shortest amount of time possible. Well, so, even if even if we don't uh, get Tristan back for the next episode, I'm looking forward to it because Generation Four is my favorite generation. I could talk about these games, what I love about them. The things that, even as much as I love these games, they didn't quite get right. <laughs> um, I could talk about it for two hours. <laughs> I don't think we'll go two hours. No, no, no. I'm just, I think uh... you'll be content to know that I'm sure whenever the new remake comes, we'll probably have multiple episodes on the new game. I, oh, I'm definitely. Pretty, we'll probably do a couple part episodes of us playing through the games and, and talking about them as we're playing through them, which I think is uh, a good way to do that. All right. Thanks, Matt. Uh, We will see all of you. Once again, I think the only promise we make is that 30 days from this release, the next episode will be up. So uh, that's the only promise I'll make. And uh, yeah, I'll see you then. Yep. Catch you guys later.